Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 41. So Brooke, today's episode was prompted by a listener. Uh, Kerry said, I would really love to hear what you guys think about gratitude how important a role it has in slow living and how to instill it into our children. So I can't believe we've not covered no. gratitude yet. <laughs> I just, that's weird to me. Um, but maybe I can believe because it's something I really struggle with. Um, I don't struggle to be grateful. I'm intensely grateful. But whenever I am grateful, what that does is it brings up for me like many, many questions of privilege that, you know, so in that I am a highly privileged person. And then with that comes guilt. And then I start overthinking it and get really, really tied up. But I know that you've got some more balanced and coherent thoughts about <laughs> gratitude. So, Talk me through it, Brooke. This is going to be a coaching all right, session because, right. yeah, I want I want to be fully on board with gratitude. And I want to know why it makes me feel so uncomfortable and tied up. I, I completely understand why it makes you feel uncomfortable because we're coming at it. I mean, you and I are coming at it from a place of incredible privilege in the fact that we were born in a country that is safe and we have opportunities and we have, you know, we, we have electricity and running water and access to healthcare and all of these things that so many people do not have. And I think that practicing gratitude can put that in stark relief. But I think what's really important is to not overcomplicate it, really, which is much easier said than done. I do understand <laughs> that. But you know, just be grateful for those things that are in abundance in our life. And I think there's a, a really there's a big difference between being grateful for it and taking it for granted. But as opposite as those two things sound, they can actually be really closely linked as well. And I think for me, the idea of privilege, I've been thinking about it a lot lately and there is nothing we can do about the inequities of where you were born or how you were raised or the opportunities that you have had access to. We can't personally do anything about that, but what we can do is make our privilege, our luck, our you know, fortune, whatever, count for something and not count for something for us, but count for something for the world, you know. And I think that I'm learning to come to peace with that because there is nothing that I could do about the country that I was born in, for example. But what I can do is the opportunities that have been presented to me as a result of that one thing can actually be used to kind of pass it on or, or, you know, push it out further into the world. And for people who don't have the same kind of opportunities that I've had, I can, you know, I can really start to to make them felt further afield. I mean, I know that sounds really kind of a bit wet and a bit pat, and, but I think that maybe it's just a coping mechanism to deal with the fact that I had nothing to do with where I was born and I have, like, the benefits have been immense. So maybe it's just a coping me- mechanism for me to not feel so bad about that. But I know because feeling you know, feeling bad about our privilege isn't a useful emotion. So it's not helping anybody. It's not helping the people who are less privileged than us that we feel bad. That's right. That we have more privilege. Um, I did, I have to admit, I saw something online 
a little while ago about it that that said one key thing is to just simply be aware of the privilege that you have and you know, it's funny because the people the circles that we move in the people that we're friends with they're socially aware they're progressive thinkers and for the most part are all highly aware of yeah the privilege that we have in, inherent in our lives and so we I don't know about you but I tend to think that everybody is aware of this and thinks like us and then of course you need only go into the comment section of a Facebook post oh, or a man. newspaper <laughs> article to realize that, oh, okay, no, everybody actually isn't aware. Like it, they actually think it, you know, it was like their right to be born here or, you know, they don't understand the privilege inherent of simply, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you do or don't have, like simply say living in Australia where, you know, no war has ever touched our country, for example, is an immense, you know, massive, massive privilege. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. But it, um, I guess to kind of bring it back to gratitude, although they're kind of irreversibly tied mm. together, like what kind of gratitude practices do you do? You practice gratitude in a kind of intentional kind of way, or is it? Just I do. Something yeah. That, yeah. I, I I used to try and do like a. a gratitude journal, I guess, when I would do my morning pages, I would always uh, include things that I was grateful for, which was a a nice way of sort of bringing my mind into it. And that's the other side that I wanted to kind of touch on with the idea of privilege and gratitude. I mean, we automatically go to the big stuff, you know, the, Mm. the access that we have to all these, these opportunities and these things and these services. But what I actually do, and I think the reason that I had, have had such a positive relationship with the idea of gratitude for so long so long is because I've always focused on the really really little things like the tiny little things or the things that we all absolutely take for granted for example the fact that we can breathe you know and and like the miracle (laughs) that that it is to draw breath into our lungs and how that oxygen then you know goes into our blood and our blood pumps around it like those kinds of things I always find myself really amazed at those and, and that's not a tiny thing, but it is because we just don't think about it. We all are walking around, literally walking miracles, and we don't think about it. So I, I spend a lot of time thinking through those really small things like a bee, you know, or, flat, or pollen. And I stop every single day, multiple times a day. Usually it's when I'm outside, but not always. And pay attention to something really tiny. Like in my office, I've got... Uh, like we get sun all day and sometimes of the day you can see the dust motes in the in the air Mm. and they look like glitter and it's beautiful and I make sure I pay attention to those kinds of things and I think that's why up until probably the last couple of years I haven't tied gratitude to privilege because they've the things that I'm grateful for obviously aside from the health of my family and my friends and myself aren't they're not tied to wealth or status or, you know, even where you live necessarily. So I make sure that just as a habitual thing, I stop at least two or three times a day and pay attention to something really small and just think about like, how amazing is that? How amazing are flowers? Flowers are incredible. How amazing are birds? Birds are phenomenal. The sunshine or the breeze or ants crawling around, you know, and I think that has 
helped me immensely, as tiny as it seems, helped me immensely to, first of all, slow down. Because just the act of noticing those things is a mindfulness practice. And then also to be aware of the amazingness that surrounds us that has nothing to do with stuff or work or where we live. Yeah, no, I love that. I do, I have have to admit, I've been doing the same in recent years where it's just, you know, like say, like, like right now I'm looking out at this tree that had nothing on it like a week ago. It was completely bare and now it has, you know, all those first beautiful like light green mm. tendrils that say that spring is coming because Jesus is here. Um, so like, yeah, right now, anything that tells me spring is coming, I'm just like, oh, so good. So like, and so grateful that spring is coming <laughs> because yeah, winter, Um, I was saying to someone the other day that Perth where I live, we've just had a really, really long winter. It's kind of gone from May all the way through to now, which is not normal for us. And so the whole city has seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> um, so, but, and we're getting like these single beautiful spring days in the middle of like three or four days of like storms and just gray skies. So it's funny because when we do get these single days, you're just like, you just go and sit on the back deck and you just let the sun touch your skin and you just breathe and go. And I guess like the thing that frustrates me about myself is I tend to only be grateful for things when I'm reminded Mm -hmm. that there's the alternative. So I'm grateful for these beautiful spring days because they're sandwiched between these horrible stormy days, you know, and I guess, yeah, I want to get to that more like, Thing of not being grateful because I'm reminded that this isn't always yes, here. You know, just being like, grateful I don't want to be anyway. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be grateful for, you know, a loving partner who, you know, and a house in which I feel completely safe when I come home to just because I've only because I've just read a book where someone doesn't have that, where they have an abusive mm-hmm. partner and you know, their home they have to tiptoe around and not try not to set them off. Like that. I think that's that where I kind of when I get grateful for things, it's because I'm reminded that not everybody has yeah. these things. And I think that's a practice, though. I think you can you can absolutely practice the idea of the practice the practice of gratitude, and it becomes something that slowly over time is it becomes who you are. You know, you're someone who is grateful, someone who pays attention to those things. That starts really tiny, but then it, it kind of builds. It's, it becomes this lens through which you can view the world I think which is something that Mm. I have well my psychiatrist recommended the idea of slowing down first of all so I owe her everything but of practicing hyper awareness of one small thing which is a mindfulness practice and I think so that was six years ago almost that I first saw her and she first introduced me to this idea of looking for the beauty in one tiny thing and it's been six years of of daily multiple daily reminders and building this intentional kind of practice to the point now where when I'm practicing yoga and you know my teacher might say decide on an intention for your practice and I do that and then at the end she'll ask us to be grateful for that intention and for anything that we did towards that intention but then also be grateful about things in our own lives and specifically in ourselves, which I find really difficult, 
but I can, I can do it. I can practice it as uncomfortable as it makes me. I can do that now. Whereas I couldn't do that three or four years ago. So I think it's this muscle of gratitude. And then the opposite, the flip side of that is you don't want it to then become this thing. You go, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for the breath in my lungs. Yes. I'm grateful for the sun. Yes. I'm grateful. (laughs) You know, and there's a fine line between being this this kind of person who takes for granted the gratitude practice. There's this gratitude right. machine, like, yeah, yeah. And that's it. I, I guess whenever I've done gratitude diaries and I've tried them like at least three or four times and just always end up kind of failing with them is because it always feels so trite. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I do it and I look back at it what I've written and I just want to punch myself in the face. Like, but why? Like, why do you want to punch you'd... yourself in the face? It just makes me cringy and I don't really know why. Um, I think it's just because it just seems trite. Like I just see like, yeah, of course you're grateful for your family mm-hmm. and of course you're grateful that everyone's well and of course you're grateful for food on the table and I don't know. It's weird to me. But, you know, because I look at, okay, so I see the benefits of it because I see the things like I, I saw the other day um, in a book I was reading that, you know, the author pointed out that if your gratitude, if you're grateful, it's hard to, you know, it makes it easier to be creative and to think with a creative mindset. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I, I've seen it also pointed out that, you know, you it's hard to be hateful in yourself if you're feeling gratitude. So, gratitude is this amazing buffer for you know if a hateful kind of feeling or that kind of thing so yeah I'm so sold on all these things and I'm so you know I don't know and then I'm and I'm I'm, hopefully I'm not making it out like I'm an ungrateful person because I'm not I think yeah I think my problem with gratitude is for me it just highlights my privilege and and it makes you uncomfortable and it makes me uncomfortable because yeah. then I think I, because then that kind of, then that quickly skips off into if ever I'm feeling a bit low about something. And because this is the year I've been trying to feel my feelings because mm-hmm. this is what you've done to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's interesting because then in the book, um, Mark Manson's book that I mentioned in the last episode, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a You Know What, he because he mentions in there, we all spend so much time avoiding bad feelings because it's like we think we need to be happy all the time. We think we need to be content all the time. And I do think like mm. that because I do think like if I ever I'm not feeling content or happy, I want to slap myself because I'm like, what have you got to be angry about or upset about? Like you have an amazing life. Get over it. Um, and kind of like what you have said with feeling your feelings and what Mark has said about, you know, it's okay to not be happy all the time and not only is it not not only is it okay it's realistic yep. and helpful yeah to you have to you have to be able to have bad days or you have to be able to be unhappy you have to be able to feel these feelings and yeah so i think when i'm feeling these bad feelings i try to bat them away with gratitude right and it's so, yeah, it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, it's when gratitude becomes kind of a weapon that you wield against yourself. You're feeling sad or you're having a bad day or something crappy has happened. You're like, you have no reason to be upset. You have nothing to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're using it as a, as a, a way of kind of discounting your feelings 
Yeah, and I, that's exactly it. Because I think, you know, it's funny. I said to, um, I was having a whinge to Anne about, I was having a really bad day the other day. Um, and, you know, I had a bit of a whinge to Anne about it. And like he was, yeah, I could see he's very pragmatic and very black and white and very uncomplicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the end, he kind of said, Kel, I got out of bed this, you know, I woke up alive this mm. morning. Today is a good day. And I was like, yeah, see, this is the problem because I agree with that and I get that. But you saying that makes me feel bad yeah. about feeling bad and that, and so that's it. So, you know, I completely feel grateful for the fact that I'm alive and I'm healthy. But, yeah, that makes me feel bad that I have to be happy about feeling alive to feel bad about feeling bad. You know? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Brooke's like, I'm out of my depth here with you, Kel. Go see, go see your therapist. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you, like, you've, you've, you have tied a whole heap of emotions and like, weight to the idea of gratitude, which I completely understand. I absolutely understand it. I think I've managed to maintain gratitude as a, a simpler practice, which is, which is, it serves me well. You know, it means that I am able yeah. to be grateful for things without it doesn't take much it's not a big leap for me to to jump over into feeling bad about feeling good but I'm able to to make gratitude just a a thing that is in and of itself and I think for me also the, the thing that helps is that it's tied really closely with compassion it wasn't meant to be like that wasn't intentional but the more grateful I am I think the more open I am about, open I am to the world and to the fact that not everyone has these same things to be grateful for. Not everyone is able to, to walk outside at lunchtime and look at the flowers like I am, you know, all of those sorts of things. But instead of making me feel bad, it just makes me more aware of the fact that everyone's lives are, are different and everyone is, is battling different things. It's interesting. I'm really interested by that, the, the way that you mm-hmm. use gratitude as a way to, to kind of tell yourself you're not worthy of having a bad day though I find that really interesting yeah I think that is the problem with it I do use it as that it is it is a little bit of a weapon against myself of you know of just get over yourself Kelly mm. and and but I think what I am starting to learn to do now is this if I'm having a bad day just sit in it yep. and and not try to push it away and go well you know you don't get to have a bad day because you're very lucky Kelly. well you can still so be lucky and have a bad day like, I'm, I do that all the time yeah. <laughs> I, I can go yeah, my, yeah I'm in a bad mood and I woke up and I didn't have enough sleep or whatever it is I had an argument with someone or I'm just feeling just off but I can still see the things that I'm grateful for and they're two separate things because you can absolutely have a bad day and still be fortunate and it's okay. Like, that's okay. You're allowed to have a bad day <laughs> okay. because you're also not turning around and going, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. I can't even believe my luck. You know, you're not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think that that might be, that might be the thing is that when I see people doing that whole woe is me victim mentality kind of thing, like I, I think, you know, how other people, the, the behavior in other people that makes you really uncomfortable is the behavior mm-hmm. that you just don't like in yourself. And I think I used to really be that person right. of, yeah, falling into victim mode. And 
you know, things just keep happening to me and why do these things keep happening to me? And I really didn't like that in myself. So now obviously I think I've just gone completely the other way. And yes, to as I've said, we're to the point of not being able to have a bad day or just sitting, just not even like I don't get to be in a bad mood. Mm. I don't get to have, you know, you know, things that happen to me are not bad on a world scale, et cetera. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I want to talk about like, because obviously we've got, we've both got kids and I want to instill gratitude in them mm-hmm. because obviously so I will see certain behavior from them and go, oh my God, like, and I don't, but this is the thing. I don't want to put onto them what I put onto myself. Yes. So I don't want to be that person going, oh my God, you do not get to be up, unhappy about that. Do you know how good a life mm-hmm. you have? Like, so, and I do see it in my son at the moment where like my kind of high standards are starting to affect his behavior where he feels like he can't do anything to say, make me upset or angry. And so I don't want to now infect him with this whole, Oh, you don't get to have a bad day, bud, because you have got the best yeah. life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we, how do we instill gratitude into our kids without like tipping them over the edge into my brain's <laughs> territory? <laughs> I think there's a couple of things that we do really intentionally at home to sort of foster this idea of gratitude, but also balance it with the fact that hey, life isn't perfect, and you don't like that's not something that that you're owed you're not owed a perfect perfect kind of life bad stuff happens and people are mean and you know you have bad days so at dinner time every night we go around the table and everyone shares the favorite part of their day or one of the best parts of their day and it who knows what it is I mean it might be having an ice cream or it might be playing on the trampoline or getting something getting an award at school whatever whatever it is And then we go around and we share the not-so-favourite part of our day and everyone has to contribute that as well. And I think that helps, first of all, to kind of pull things out of the kids that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have found out about otherwise, but also to say, well, everyone has bad things that happen every day and it's okay because, look, there's these other things that have happened that are really good too. So no day is a write-off for us. You know, I say my kids both will often say, oh, it's the worst day ever. Oh, I can't believe that (laughs) happened. No, no, remember it's not because we've already done this thing. Oh, look, the sun's shining. And well, sometimes I can feel a little bit, you know, a little bit kind of, yeah, exactly. I think it's when when they, they, them slipping into it's the worst day ever territory is a lot shorter than us, like than our journey into that territory. So I think sometimes just a quick snap, like, hey, look at the sun shining or look at that bird or come and give me a cuddle. Those things can can really help to to stop that slide happening too quickly. But the other thing is I, I, I often say to my kids, it's okay, you're allowed to feel sad. It's okay. I'm sorry that thing yeah. happened. Like, I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah. I'm sorry that your drawing didn't turn out how you wanted it. I'm sorry that... <laughs> The movie isn't working. I'm sorry. You know, that must make you feel sad. That must make you frustrated. Yes, it does. You know, I feel sad. I feel frustrated. But then say, but, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. And I will have occasionally, and I certainly don't do this all the time, but conversations with the kids, and they're five and seven, about uh, the things that are happening in the world that are a big problem. 
and I, I don't want to make them anxious about it. I, I talk about it in a very age-appropriate kind of way, and it's certainly not every time this conversation comes up, but I will talk about the fact that there are kids who don't have enough to eat or there are kids who aren't able to go to school or there are kids who don't have you know a safe home to live in or clean clothes or something like that, and not to make them feel bad, at all, and it, I've never seen that it does make them feel bad. It's more just a, a perspective, and things, you know, teaching the kids that that things aren't the same for everyone everywhere, and it's okay for you to feel sad, but maybe let's talk about why it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's that's interesting actually. I I suspect that what you don't do is if say one of your kids doesn't feel like going to school, you don't respond to that with. Well, there's Mm -mm. kids out there that don't get to go to school. (laughs) And I think maybe that might be a hangover from my childhood where anything I didn't feel like doing, like whether it was eating and okay, but there's kids (laughs) in the world that don't have enough food, so you damn well eat or like everything. (laughs) Um, And yeah, we've all got that. So I think maybe that might be where this comes from is that every, like whenever I was feeling sad or bad about something, I always got the Mm. well you know don't forget how lucky you are there's people who don't have those you know don't have those things and don't have those problems um and um actually i'll quote mark manson again because you know his books are one i most recently read and he's like you know a good life is not a life without problems it's a life that has mostly good problems so it's kind of Mm. yeah it's looking at the problems that we have and going it's okay to have problems we all have problems but, you know, the good life is the one where we've got good problems. And I guess that's kind of where I'm coming at it with my kids now, where I'm trying to honor the fact that they are having a bad day or that they're upset about something. And I'm not trying to minimize that feeling and say, look, you just don't get to yes. feel like that because you're very lucky. Yeah. Like I try to honor the feeling and go, I totally get that this is how you're feeling. But, you know, it's a it's a problem, but it's a good problem and all problems have solutions. So what can we do to fix this problem? And if we can't do anything about it, then, let, you know, then we're just going to have to sit with it. And, yeah, I think that that's kind of how I'm coming at it with my kids. But I do like the coming back to the mindfulness practice, like using gratitude as a really simple mindfulness practice as opposed to something that you know we're doing on a large scale every day yeah. of like you know that because I've tried everything I've tried the okay don't don't be grateful just write down what was good about your day or I've tried the gratitude jar I've tried the just write down 10 things that you were grateful for today because then you know, by the time you get to number 10 like you've gone past the obvious <laughs> of you know my family's healthy and you know so you start going, oh, I've managed to keep my fiddle leaf fig alive and it's actually not just alive, it's fully <laughs> thriving. And I'm just looking, I'm like looking at it right now from my desk going, I'm kind of like looking at it in wonder because I'm like, I know these things are notoriously hard to keep alive, but this one is just going off in my study at the moment and I have no idea what I did. <laughs> but um, I'm grateful for it because it gives me great pleasure. Um, but yeah, I do like, you know, rather than, doing the diary thing which to me always feels forced and trite doing the making it more of a mindfulness practice because you can you can't have too much mindfulness exactly i don't think 
No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it would take up more time than maybe you have if you're like single tasking and just floating <laughs> through the afternoon. Oh, look at that amazing house spider and wow the dust means that I'm so fortunate because I have furnishings (laughs) (laughs) for for dust to settle (laughs) that's right exactly (laughs) I don't but I don't think you can live too mindfully honestly I think it brings living mindfully just brings about intention and awareness and those things in and of themselves are amazing because they change the way you view everything and the way that you do things and the reason that you do things as well so no I don't think you can be too mindful but yeah I think for me the the tying of gratitude to mindfulness and and specific practices of mindfulness has been a game changer for a whole host of reasons but in terms of gratitude it just ties it to something very small and something that has nothing to do with the life that we're living necessarily yeah i like it i think i think you've helped me i I feel i feel i have somewhere to go with this now i shall report back in okay in in future episode i think gratitude (laughs) version (laughs) 2.0 gratitude revisited Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.